Oh. <laughs> Welcome to White Noise. Did that fall in the dirty clothes basket? I think so. It just it's slightly in there. Oh no, I'm not touching it. That's that's not good. That's that's Welcome to White Noise with Josh and Blacker. That's fine. It was only touching your plate for, for a second. Those of like you the... listening, Blacker just slammed the noise you heard was his washing what is it? The the drying drying rack. Drying rack. It's not actually my drying rack, it's Ben Hoffman's. Oh. And it's like this is like an expensive drying rack, but because Canberra is so dry, you just like put on everything on here for like an hour and everything dries even if it's like zero degrees. It's just like all the moisture is gone, it's great. Um yeah, sorry. I mean and then I accidentally knocked one of my shirts directly off the drying rack and into my dirty clothes basket. However, like I do with food, I'm applying the, the two-second rule, and I pulled it out of the basket <laughs> inside. <laughs> do, you do, do you follow the two-second rule? Um, not really. Depends what it is. As in, like, will you, if you drop food on the floor, you pick it up and eat it? Depends what floor it is. Yeah. yeah. I suppose, it, like, it depends upon... If I can like see... Can... And also, if I can see something on the food, I'm not, I'm not putting that in my mouth. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, you always give it a wipe down, right? <laughs> well, it depends what you're eating, I guess. Yeah, well. true. True. But I also know, like, my floor, if that makes sense. Yeah, it looks pretty gross. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Anyway, before I dig myself into a hole here, let's let's move on. Oh, I had a, I had a dream last night. Right. A podcast-related dream. And I think it's because, did we give our, our number one fan a, a shout-out last episode? Who's our number one fan? Simon. No, I don't think we did give him a shout out. Oh, well, maybe that's why he appeared in my dreams last night. <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 he's summoned himself to so, your dream. So my dream was that I was I was trying to submit my final thesis, but I was really struggling with the acknowledgement section. You used to touch me. You ooh, used to just caress my shin with your foot. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> give me two meters, mate. <laughs> um, and I was submitting my final thesis, and I was really struggling with the acknowledgement section. And my acknowledgement section was um, this weird, like, it was like on like a, a grid of like squares and it was like black and white, like, and, but it was, and it was like an image of Paul Simon of squares. Black, and like That's and pretty that. cool. Yeah. Are you, you going to put that in your final links? I actually could. Like you have complete freedom over your acknowledgement. But for some reason, like there was an issue with like, it wasn't like working or something like that. Like oh. I knew it was Paul Simon, but I was trying to draw Paul Simon in like yeah, these black and white dots <laughs> and put that as the acknowledgement section of my thesis. Can you imagine being the markers of that thesis and they just like scroll through the acknowledgements because they probably don't even read it and then yeah. they just, they come to this this black and white checkered image photo of Paul Simon and they go, hang on, what was that? And they scroll <laughs> back and they check it out. I um, Do they give bonus points in, in honours? Surely they do. You know how if you draw a funny little photo at the end of your exam they'll give you bonus marks sometimes surely they give you some um so our your acknowledgements isn't marked but i think our honors coordinator was joking about giving out an award for the funniest acknowledgement section i know last year because i've been told this is what i had to do um, the guy who was my my supervisor student last year um he gave a shout out to his his first reference in his thesis was his supervisor's fiction book so our supervisor um his, has written a, a i feel like i can give a shout out go go read feral by joe hope um, actually, Rachel found a sample chapter online. Apparently, it's really good. Oh, there you go. <laughs> if you're looking for something to read, read Feral by Joe Hope. Um, but yeah, the first reference in this guy's thesis was saying, like, I'd like to thank my supervisor for inspiring me with his contributions to the world of teenage um, that, uh, action fiction or something like that. And that was because apparently, because I heard that he was going to try and write a second one, although I've not heard any, like, surely you got to write a sequel. Well, he's planning on doing a sequel. I just don't know if it's going to come out this year or not. Especially for a good finale. Oh. You see what I did there? I, I do see what you did there. You interrupted the joke I was going to make, but oh. we'll go with your joke. That's <laughs> oh. right. <laughs> anyway, uh, so why do you talk about finales, Josh? Well, today is a bit of a special episode for the podcast. Is it? <laughs> or maybe it's not. <laughs> yeah, first ever... We're going to be taking a little bit of a break after this one, so yeah. it's our—it's not the end Should of the tell season. Them why? No, no. We're just going to leave them. We're just going to, you can figure. Send in your guesses to the to the podcast about why we're taking a, a short yeah. three to four week break. That'll probably end around. I'm going to say the week that has the 24th of June in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's not the end of season one. It's just the how some TV shows have a little break over exactly. the summer. So it's just our. Mid-season finale, if you like. Yeah. 
it's like we because we obviously put a lot of hard work into this podcast, mm. always on that grind. Yeah. Um, and we now need to take some time away to you know recuperate. Yeah, recuperate, Refresh. realign our creative visions. So yeah. I thought you were going to say ch- chakras because you said realign that. <laughs> Our visions and our chakras. Yeah, that, that's Josh cool. is actually going to get his vision downgraded, so it's so he has the same glasses <laughs> prescription as me. I probably have a spare pair of glasses in here somewhere if you want. Nah, I'm fine. You don't want to pretend to be like minus four diopters? Nah, I'm fine. No, I'm minus five now, actually. Oh, it's getting worse? Yeah, it's, I reckon it's going to get worse after this year as well. Because it got worse after year 12 where I had to do a lot of screen time, and obviously this year I've had to do more screen time than I would have. And I reckon it's probably like... you got to follow that 20-20-20 rule. What's the 2020 rule? Every 20, every 20 minutes, look at something 20 feet away for 20 seconds. My room isn't 20 feet. Well, you can look outside. It's just about taking a break uh, for your eyes for 20 seconds. I'm going to look at that tree in the distance. Keep talking. I'm looking at the tree. All right. Yeah, that's it. You've got to follow it. You I'm can save at, your eyesight. I know. I'm looking at the tree. Yeah. 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 Um, for everyone playing along at home, it's, uh, it's tall. <laughs> like most trees I would say that it's actually so uh, do you want to hear a fact about tree height so one of <laughs> I like how I didn't even say anything and you're just going straight into the story oh yeah well, were you going to say no no <laughs> so last year uh, I did a, a research project on uh, even though I'm a physics student I did, it was on plants and it was like about 3D imaging of dehydration in plants it was actually really cool it was the applied math department um, but I was particularly interested in like the physics modeling some of it and if you do a basic physics model of like a, a force balance um, without thinking about cohesion tension, which is the which is the mechanism that you actually use for a world of trees, if you do a f- basic force balance just of the pressure, atmospheric pressure versus the weight of um, water, a tree greater than 10 meters tall should collapse. Um, mm-hmm. So in my talk to illustrate this point, to illustrate that this obviously was a flawed thing, uh, I just had a photo of me on a tree outside Bruce that was ten meters, like twelve meters tall, and I was like, "This is clearly taller than ten meters." Uh, go, we must have done something wrong. And uh, I nearly so my report. It's almost like that thing about how bees can't fly aerodynamically because someone messed up the calculation somewhere. Yeah, yeah. but they but they fly anyway. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and according to all known laws of physics, trees above ten meters shouldn't exist. It's actually very. Cray cray, the uh, <laughs> <laughs> technical term for it. The technical term, the uh, well, rely, it actually no, it actually does rely on this thing called negative pressure, which for a physicist is kind of weird because it's not something we're like taught about. If that kind of makes sense, um, so it's actually a very interesting thing to to learn about. One um, time in grade ten science yeah. in the physics the physics unit, uh, we had to calculate gravity by rolling think like cars down a down a yeah. hill and we had this little program uh using the webcam of the computer that would like calculate how long it took yeah. to roll down the ramp uh we managed i think we screwed up the the, the programming the program you? because we got a negative value of gravity so we found <laughs> gravity should actually be shooting us all well no it depends on your coordinate system right yeah i if think it was define, because if you define up as positive of course yeah. gravity is going to be negative. i think it was because we were using um the the front camera of a computer and I think the program was built to use the webcam. Yeah. So yeah. it was flipped and so it, it spat out all these negative values <laughs> of gravity. And Did you get the right magnitude? Uh, we got close to it, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good then. So, but then you were like... But then in my report I was like, I think, I think... And they always tell you you can't say you screwed up in, in the, like, whatever it was so you have to just go with whatever it tells you. Can't, no, you can justify why your thing was wrong. They told us... Never to say like human error as a as a yeah, but that's not human error. That's isn't? that's that's um that's implementation of of error of a what you call of a measurement device. So that's like you using a measurement device incorrectly, right? So for example, if I like use a I don't know, like I have a voltmeter, but I put the plugs in the wrong way around and get the opposite sign of the voltage. That's not a, that's a it's a measurement error which you can include. Oh. They didn't tell us that. Well, you, you should include it because <laughs> I th- I preferred my report, which had one hundred over a hundred percent percentage error for the value of gravity. I read high school science reports. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, like in high school science reports, you just bust out like a. It's just like it'd be crazy. What it's stupid. What you do, you write these like forty page reports on like really basic experiments, and just like subject your teeth. Like poor high school science teachers. I think that's actually got to be. 
one of the least enjoyable ones because you don't get to teach something specialized you know you you can't like if you really love physics and you end up going to be a high school teacher you have to teach all the boring stuff you don't want to do like chemistry and and biology and all that kind of stuff this is this is the the greatest impetus for me to do well in my honors it's not to (laughs) (laughs) because if i don't do well i have to become a science teacher (laughs) no i love science teachers are like quite important i think it's also people enjoy teaching right Mm. well i'd hope so yeah. Sometimes it's hard to tell. I think also teaching that very basic fundamental science is actually kind of like hard. Mm. Like there's, there's like, so I, at least for me anyway, when you think about it, right? So like things like basic things, like even say Newton's laws, right? Those are just something you have like assumed, right? In university level physics, right? Um, but if you had to explain to someone a physical intuition for why that should be the case, actually takes a little bit of effort, mm. if that kind of makes sense, particularly if they've not done high school physics. And you're going back to something that you learned like six or seven years ago, right? So it's it's actually like, it is actually a little bit challenging. Like I imagine you get quite good at it if you've been a high school teacher for a while. But there is also a challenge. And like, I think like a great amount of respect should be paid to the, like I, I think anyway, like my high school physics teacher is one of the big reasons that I'm doing physics, right? Um, speaking of acknowledgement sections of the thesis, I'll probably give him a shout out in my th- on acknowledgements, right? Like, um, so yeah, all jokes aside, thanks to our high school physics teachers. Mr. Ordano, if you're listening, there's a little shout out for you. Do you have anyone you get any high school teachers you want to give a shout out? Uh, Mr. Atherton, if you're listening. Mr. He was my what? history teacher, Mr. Atherton. Atherton? Yeah, he played cricket. He wasn't Mike Atherton, was he? Mike Atherton was an English cricketer. No, no, it was Hugh, Hugh Atherton. Hugh Atherton. Do you think he was related? Maybe. That'd be pretty wild. One time I went online and I searched his name and with cricket and tried to find his his yeah, his, his cr- stats for the, profile, the yeah, yeah he was it didn't look like he was that good. Oh, you found his stats. <laughs> I found his stats. Were they cricket info or my my cricket? No, they were just like the the kind of basic yeah. club level ones. Oh, okay, yeah, so my cricket. I'm sure it's harder than it, than it looks though. Club cricket. I have never played club. club you cricket. would be shocking. <laughs> you would be all horrible. You would get the role. Yeah, no. Like respect to him, yeah. There's there's a um there's a fun fact which is who is the only no uh, Nobel laureate to have a crick info page, and it's oh no I know this fun oh, fact no. <laughs> that's really embarrassing. If every, if you're listening, play along and send it, send in your I, guesses. Well, you, you have some time to think about it to, while I look it up because I know what this is. Only uh. Only, do you want to fill the science cycle? Like yes. Uh, for those of you playing along at home, cricket is a game played in mainly Commonwealth countries. <laughs> um, there you go, Samuel Beckett, that's the one. Because um, he has a Nobel Prize in Literature, but he also played like... Uh, oh, Samuel Beckett, as in Waiting, Waiting for Godot. Waiting for Godot. Ah, has a Nobel go. Prize in Literature, but also um, has a cricket info profile because he played a couple of first-class games when he was at uni. Oh. I think he played for university, like one of the university teams, like Oxford and Cambridge. I don't know if it was Oxford and Cambridge. May have been. Did he go to Oxford? I feel like Probably. Probably. It's a big dog. It's <laughs> where they all go. <laughs> woof, woof. Well, I've started getting, on Facebook, I've started getting ads to do a master's or PhD at Oxford. And I'm really? like, why are you sending me these ads? Surely, <laughs> Surely not. <laughs> bros for life. Bros for life. Let's apply to do PhDs overseas together. How sick would that be? Get a share house in England. No, we'd be so sick of each other. <laughs> I clean the floor more than I do here. My, my floor is not that dirty. There's just a kale beef which I actually left from the, there from the down yesterday. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> also hide that. It's yeah, just the band-aid on the floor. It's because my my do you know my my goat trail injury where there's when I describe this trail I'm like it's this really cool single trail where it's like really narrow and thin, but if you fall off it you basically roll down the mountain and for the first time ever I fell off it and rolled down rolled down the mountain a bit. Which is fun. My palms only mildly scraped scraped open. Oh no, my mum will hear this and she'll be like, oh no, what have you done? Nah, she doesn't care about running. It's a fun story. It is a fun story. Yeah. Yeah. And I managed to go for a run this morning, so fingers crossed on on the mend. Anyway, that was a tangent, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. It's such a classic. That's what you listen to White Noise for, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad there's like 16 people out there. <laughs> Do you have any stats on our, on our listener base? Um, it's, not, it's not looking good. No, Everyone no, listening, not... please like and share with everyone. No, I don't mean the number of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying where they're from. Oh, where they're from. Yeah, we can look at that as well. 
No, because uh, if you say the number of listeners and the people who are listening will get disheartened. We, you know? we have we have a few, but we yeah, could we always could, use more. We could always we would always we'd love to we like enjoy spreading the love. No, you know, as long as we have like some people that we're making happy, like I I don't care about a quantity as long as we're bringing joy into the world, right? We've had two percent from India. Oh, that's wild. Is that that's a new little uptick? Yeah, new little. I don't think India's been on there before. What's our what are our like our country breakdowns? What's our top five countries? Uh, Australia, yeah. the US, Saudi Arabia, Ireland, and Vietnam, which is a very misc range of countries. <laughs> Five <laughs> countries walk into a bar. <laughs> yeah. Like Australia, the US, like you feel, and then it's like Saudi Arabia, Ireland, and Vietnam. Yeah. It goes, it goes a bit wild, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Any other. Didn't we have a lot from, um, was it Kazakhstan? No. Ukraine. Uh, Ukraine's down to 2%. <laughs> oh, no. All the constant shout-outs to the Ukraine have deterred them. Why did you just get them confused with Kazakhstan? So that probably doesn't help, does it? <laughs> We're in danger. Ge- geographically near each other, and I think on the map they have similar shapes. They're both like horizontal blobs. <laughs> like most countries. No, some countries are vertical blobs. You know? Ireland, a vertical... No, the Ireland's more a spherical blob. The UK is a vertical blob. I guess. You know? Australia's almost more like a triangular blob. New Zealand, now that's a vertical blob. <laughs> Welcome to the new system of <laughs> classifying countries by vertical blobs or horizontal blobs. Give me a globe map, I'll do it for them all. Which is it? Madagascar, that's a vertical blob. Uh, Italy, that's a vertical blob. Oh, it's actually a diagonal blob, isn't it? Well, it's mainly vertical, it's just the boot's a bit of an outlier. I suppose it depends upon... Yeah, true, I suppose it depends upon how you orientate your manifold. Um... Wow. Big, words. big physics words. Uh, it's actually a math word. Aren't you doing a math degree? What, what kind of blob is Greece? Greece is kind of funny. Uh, it's got lots of holes in it. What? What's well, got all the islands? Oh, right. You know? Yeah. Misc. Misc blob. Do you ever think like, Greece looks a bit like a glove? I have heard this before, I think. I was, you know what? I actually wasn't going to double down on that. If you said no, I was going to say neither of I. But like, <laughs> I'm surprised. Isn't it just the, the islands of the fingers or something? Yeah, I think that's yeah. how you think about it. Yeah. 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 Another vertical blob would be um, uh, like the West. It's not a country, but it's a group of countries, but like the West Indies. Japan. Like, Japan is definitely a vertical blob. The Koreas are both vertical blobs. Although actually individually both more rectangular. <laughs> There's so much room in this analysis. You know what is definitely a horizontal blob? Russia. Yes. Russia is a strong... <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on from... Is your... If you have any strong thoughts about whether or not your country is a blob, let us know what kind of blob your country is, let us know. Anyway, uh, what's the topic for today? How far are uh, we? This is some solid rambling. It's all 18 minutes. It's all 18 minutes. <laughs> We've not even got to the topic yet. Well, it doesn't really matter. It's, yeah, it's kind of chill. It's a chill well, day. Well, we, ex- we explained the... Um, it is a chill day. I'm just waiting waiting for that being in my in- inbox from my supervisor. Ooh. Yeah. Not ding. 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 Ding? Ding. It's usually a ding. What is the, no- <laughs> what is the noise of an email? I think it's a ding. I think it is a ding. Hang on, I forget my email up and you could send me an email and like, we could record the noise. Is that copyrighted? Uh, I don't know, actually. Could be. If Microsoft owns it. I have an interesting thought for this podcast when we get back from the break, by the way. I'll discuss it oh, okay. after we record. Oh, you mean after the Oh, we can just record and do it now. Let's just do it now. Let's just... Like, what are your thoughts on rather than doing one big topic for 45 minutes, we do segments? I, I, I'm I willing to try it. I think we maybe should try it. I think the problem is coming up with ways to keep the segments going each week. Because it's not yeah. like we have a big audience base that we can call up. And... Excuse me, we have an enormous audience base, and they're, they're fantastic. We just play, we, we play like one prank a week. Yeah, I think it would be good to have maybe not full segments to start with, but we should do like one or two recurring segments, and then a shortened main topic. Yeah. If you, yeah. Yeah, something like that. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, all right. This is some good, some, this is behind the curtain for all of you <laughs> listening. Anyway. So the actual topic today was finales, mm. good and bad, good and bad, and ugly. Yeah, we said the third category. So Josh, <laughs> so did you have any like finale? And by finales, we were we weren't just talking TV show finales. We were thinking anything, any, any sort ending. of finale. Yeah, yeah, a sports finales even. Sport- we'll probably, oh, true. <laughs> we'll probably see. Surely the cricket world cup final. Like, well, that that's was, a good finale. That was a good finale. Although, 
New Zealand were robbed. Should have been Shaq. Like, so maybe it was a bad finale. But then at the same time, it, I think if it had been shared, we would have had that bad taste in the mouth. Really, it was a bad finale because there wasn't a proper decision of the winner. Mm. It still had that very epic feeling, though, to it. And there was that certain heartbreak. And it's kind of like, as much as I hate to say it, like, of the two teams that lost, as in terms of, like, no one could take losing better than New Zealand, right? If you know what I mean, That's right? so cruel. <laughs> no, as in, like, they're, such gr- they're so gracious. We said we weren't going to talk about cricket for <laughs> the rest of the podcast, and here we are already. Did we? About- oh, Remember after our, big, after our big episode, we said we got it all out of our system, and that was it? Yeah, true. We were already talking about Samuel Beckett. Was back- oh, yeah, back- <laughs> Samuel Beckett. Samuel Beckett, more like Samuel Cricket. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what were some finales that, like TV show finales that you thought of that you had good or bad endings? Well... Specifically, mid-season finales. Oh. I don't know if you remember <laughs> this time, the, but the, the conversation that we actually had for various <laughs> point. Um, uh, there were there was a couple of years where Doctor Who was split into the yeah. half years, and then yeah. the f- mid-season finales were always not as great as they thought they were. Yeah, that's right. When did they? Which seasons did they do? They. I feel from. 2012. Definitely some Matt Smiths. Yeah, it was all, they were all Matt Smiths ones. Yeah. And they were just like, yeah. Because Doctor Who has very big season finales every year. Yes. I mean, Doctor Who's always like every episode is like, we're trying to save the world or save some large portion of people. Um, oh, there's the Pompeii episode where they don't save everyone. They still save some. Well, True. I mean, they can't really save everyone. They save the, don't they save the guy who... Becomes, yeah, they save Peter Cavalli. Who, who becomes the Doctor in yeah. a few seasons. <laughs> How good. Um, That's why they had to say. And then they spend half a season trying to figure out why he took the face of that guy from Pompeii. Wait, do they actually? Yeah. He's like, the first half of the season is like, I look so familiar. And then he remembers that he's saved himself at Pompeii. And then he goes, why did I take this face? Why did you take that face? I can't remember. It wasn't explained very well. (laughs) Because like, I think that was the, I I think the other, like, because we have... Something like Doctor Who, right, is, like, to watch TV like that, I, I think you have to, like, be good at sitting... Oh, there's the spray. Um, not been, not lemon anymore. No, but I found the refills at the shops. Oh, okay, good. And so I think I... But there weren't any lemon when I was there. But I'll figure it out. Don't you worry. Um, but, like, I think Doctor Who's one of those shows that's, like, to watch it, like... you. It's one of those shows you... I don't know if it's something you binge watch. It's something you watch, no. like, once a week. Yeah. And so, like, it's, and it's really nice if you're, like, home, you sit down with the family and watch it. Whereas, like, here at college, you don't really, like, do that. You know, you don't sit down with a bunch of people and just watch an episode or two. I, I remember s- some people tried to, but just oh, wasn't good. Yeah, it just didn't, just didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, like, I still get surprised when I hear things. Like, The Good Place, which we talked about last week, is, like, on NBC, which I didn't even click. Because, obviously, we only get it in Netflix here. Um, yeah. Like, I suppose. But there's definitely, like... How your TV habits, but I suppose with streaming as well, TV habits in general change. Changed, yeah. And that also changes the impact of a series finale because you no longer have to wait. Well, this is a mid season finale, right? Because you don't have to wait like a few months for the next. Yeah, I feel uh, it's only mainstream. Oh, I guess not really mainstream TV. I feel I'm, I'm not talking sense. Main, mainstream TV is still kind of good because it has that. Uh, the, the big day where the, the finale is, yeah. you know? And I remember when Game of Thrones oh, everyone was, was on going last crazy year. Everyone that. was like... That and was then every, every week there was, like, a giant group of people yeah, in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, I didn't follow Game of Thrones, but I knew what was... I knew that it was big and it was happening. Like, I, I you know, I literally had a research project last year where, um, like, was this... Oh, no, that was the... Actually, that was the ashes of the intro. But, like... But, no, this was when... I think during the... There was me with the supervisor and they, they literally got distracted for half an hour because someone in the office came in and was like, did you see the finale last night? And then a couple of weeks later, after Ben Stokes' 100, it was like, did you see that? <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think that's something streaming's kind of figuring out because some shows now have the, the weekly episodes oh, okay. uh, where they don't release the whole season at once, they release it every week. Yeah. Um, so it kind of keeps... It has a reason to keep people coming back to the service, but it yeah. also means... It's kind of forces you to find something about. to watch yeah. about. Yeah, because it means to talk about it, you can build more hype. Um, because I think The Mandalorian did that well. 
last year because it was released weekly yeah. and it meant everyone was talking about it every week because yeah. everyone uh it was that was the only thing whereas something like stranger things came out last year and it was hard for people to talk about it because everyone was at a different spot because it just came out yeah. all at once so yeah if someone watched it all in one night the next day their friend might have only seen the first two episodes yeah. and they can't really talk about it. Yeah. When you watch TV, are you a watch it all in one go or watch like little chunks? Uh watch little chunks. Yeah. I find it really hard to binge watch things because I just yeah. get bored. I just, <laughs> I just yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a binge I'm not a binge watching person. Yeah, exactly. Like I'll watch like I can get to the point of watching a show every night, but like I can't even watch more than twenty minutes. I'm I'm what are you watching? Are you watching anything at the moment? I well speaking of Doctor Who, yeah. I um am watching <laughs> I'm watching it from the the very start. I'm oh, trying to watch uh, like, the really old stuff. The really old stuff. That's amazing. It's uh, well, <laughs> it's, some of it's pretty low quality. It's pretty I've low seen quality. Because also the way that they did the they did like they would an episode was rather than being like a a, a twenty like what a forty minute episode like yeah. now now it'd be like seven six, is twenty six, minute yeah, chunk. six twenty minute yeah six to seven twenty and then how chunks. many of those would they have in a season like they'd have three or four in the from the in the 60s when it was all black and white they had many they had something like 70 episodes in a season yeah like, which is crazy it's just ridiculous like, it's just like it's, it's an insane amount of content you read the stories back then because it was just so difficult to film because they were filming so much stuff and then uh there was that they would just get so exhausted on set that they would fumble all their lines. They don't have time to re-record it, so all the fumbled lines stay in the final, the yeah. final version. And then I was watching one today called The Web Planet, which is one of the oh, classic. Yeah, it's a uh, very, it's a very one. It's a, yeah, because it's it looks kind of it looks kind of bad because <laughs> it's got people dressed up in ant suits and they're running around and you can tell they're people dressed up in ant suits but uh, they're just trying to pull it off. Yeah. Um, and then there's one part where the uh, one of the ant people runs into a camera because they were it was their eighth hour of filming or yeah. something and they were all so exhausted <laughs> and he was dressed in this like hot suit under studio lights for the whole day yeah. and they just ran into the camera and that was all they had time for. So now you can just watch that blooper on TV. It's <laughs> just part of the show. That's amazing. Yeah. But then, like, why would, why did they have to produce so much? I don't know. I guess that was just what TV was like back then. Yeah. They just yeah. had to fill the content out. Quantity, not quality. Yeah. It's like our podcast. I guess um, also because they didn't... that one. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, they never really thought things were going to... They didn't have... A necessarily good method of replaying stuff or keeping things, and so yeah. they were just trying to produce. Everything's hard. Yeah, uh, so they were just trying to produce as much stuff as possible. So there's also like a few like episodes that have just been lost. Yeah, that the, you can't watch back. Totally uh, yeah. thrown away because they were like, <laughs> and everyone's like kind of upset about it. But at the same time, I'm like, if you're living back in the 1960s, you're not going. Yes, who wants to watch these like giant ants running around? You know, like just chuck that in, like re recycle this tape, and we can use it for like our new programs that are actually like using yeah. modern cameras and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't blame them for it. It's just kind of funny that like, yeah. uh, and there's so many that have been lost. And Doctor Who's the only one that's still going today, which I think is why it gets the yeah, the, yeah. all the thing. But there's a lot of other shows that also got junked, and no one really cares about them. Yeah, either. I think because Doctor Who's one of those things that like it's one of those things that gains like a cult following like as in if you don't like i think like like i think we got we i don't think my parents were necessarily into necessarily into it but oh no, i don't know if i didn't just take the button off the shirt did you hear that click i did hear that click i think it was just running past it anyway yeah. um but like i don't think my parents were huge hoovians but then like we have like my mum's like a fam best friends from high school were big hoovians i think we got into it because of them and then we also had other family friends who were big hoovians and then just kind of like we are you're surrounded by enough people who are like very cultish about it that you start watching it yourself but then they also get disappointed when you stop watching it yourself um, <laughs> yeah. the friendship dies a little bit <laughs> um, but yeah it's one of those things that you know it's another thing that people are really cultish about speaking of The Princess Bride the, I it, haven't seen it you haven't but, seen The Princess Bride but it's your Bride. favourite movie it's one of my it's, it's, I'd say it's one of my top three I think is what I, I said that like I have a top three movies although I, like that being said there's like another one I rewatched The Hunger Games um, trilogy lately the Hunger Games is a really good movie. The first one. Yeah. Yeah. The first one is really well done. The others are still pretty good as well. They're good, yeah. But, um, like, not as, not as good. Like, I think particularly Catching Fire is awesome. Um, Mockingjay is a little bit, like, dragging it out. Um, Especially because they split it into two. Yeah, they didn't. That's a bad example of a 
mid-season finale because they just were like, we've got we've to split this up and then there's a random cliffhanger at the end of the first movie just to try and get you back to spend more money on the second. There's movie. also the cliffhanger at the end of the... I feel like we can talk about this because it's... Yes, although I, I can't even remember that well even though I watched it like two weeks ago. This is how bad my memory of television is. Um, but the, the, the finale of Mockingjay Part 1 is like when Peter wakes up um, from being brought back to the capital and starts strangling Katniss. And then um, in the book, that's an end, the end of a chapter, as in like he starts strangling her and then the chapter cuts out. And then, because something Rachel reminded me of is that the, the book works and like does cliffhangers at the end of each chapters, which is quite effective. So it's things like that. You read that. And if you're the kind of person who's like, I, I used to do this sometimes, like when you're reading a book, you like read one chapter a night and go to bed. You read one chapter and it's like, oh no, yeah. <laughs> Peter's strangling Katniss. <laughs> Bedtime! <laughs> and you spend your whole night thinking about that, you know? Whereas in the, I think in the movie they actually have like, um, they then have another two minutes of like him being pulled off her and her, and like, and they kind of like ruin the cliffhanger as well. Because obviously like that moment of, of Peter showing Chatness would be an incredible cliffhanger for the end of the film, right? Um, but they don't go with it. You feel? Or if it was a TV show, you know, you ended on there and yeah. then everyone's like, oh no. And yeah, then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whereas you know she survives and like it's kind of like yeah you know you know what I mean I think as well you lo- it loses its effect it, it's just it's not a cliffhanger anymore whereas like in the yeah. book it's definitely a big cliffhanger because you don't see that coming whereas I think as well like if you've read the book you know it's coming but it's still like it doesn't it still has a bit of shock effect like because it, it's quite but then visually it's, it's all resolved within two minutes so you, yeah that's you, the thing you, like it's the like, oh. it's like so if you think about movies that have done the split in two. Um, what are your thoughts of... So Harry Potter, book seven, they split the mm. movie into. I think Harry Potter should have done it early. I think, then they, like, uh, from book five, they should have split them into two. Really? Because book five's my favourite book, and it's so it's the biggest book. Yeah. Um, and I just feel it didn't translate well into the movie because they had to cut so much out of, yeah, it, out of it. There's so many, You hear people talk about things in the... Because I think I saw, read the book before I saw the movie, and I haven't read the book since, because it's such an effort to read that book, right? Mm. Because I, I was very much the thing, like, want to read every book before I see every movie. Um, and I think it's just kind of like, I forget there are things that happen in the book because there's so much and, like, so little that's carried over mm-hmm. in the movie. Because I think I was the case, like, I read the book a couple of years before I saw the movie. So, like, in terms of, like, I'd, it was, which was a nice window at the time because I'd forgotten some of the details of the, the book. So, like, you kind of got to relive the story again. But, yeah, like, you lose so many of the details, which are, like, it is a good book. Yeah, like, the first three or four books of Harry Potter are small enough that you can, you, can, you can do one movie and they work quite well. Once they start becoming those like I think big tomes. Particularly, particularly as well, things like the Goblet of Fire has a very nice arc in terms of like the, because the, the Triwizard Tournament gives the, the book an inherently a really nice structure. Mm. Like things like that, you can see why they work as books because they inherently, like I suppose if you're a writer out there, the Goblet of Fire is actually a really, if you're a, f- a fantasy writer, the Goblet of Fire is a good thing to work off, right? Because they have, by giving the characters a set of goals to achieve, you naturally give yourself a narrative arc, which means that your reader is invested in following because they know where the story is going. Um, we've been doing a lot of work on writing in our, in our, in our honours training course, so we've <laughs> <laughs> so, so been thinking about it. Whereas I think the thing with the Order of the Phoenix is that there's not really... The, the thing is with the Order of Phoenix, speaking of like finales, it's pretty anticlimactic mm. in terms of like obviously the, the big... Well, I thought the book was, was nice and climactic. Yeah? Why, why do you say that? I've not read the book in a long enough time to remember. Um, just because at the end, you know, they're in the Ministry of Magic. Yeah. And it's very underdog-y. You know, it's it's just the students and they're trying to take on Voldemort by themselves. And yeah. they're going through all this, this hectic very, ministry it, stuff. and then It's actually, it's, um, it's kind of weird, it's crazy because it's very different to the rest of the... Yeah. yeah. And then Sirius dies. Um, yeah. Which is, well, <laughs> I hope you, you've seen Harry Potter by this point. Um, or read. Or read Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, or listened. Audiobooks. Audiobooks, yeah. Maybe they've got... if you And, and if not, maybe... What's that noise? Um, they're doing something outside. Some drilling. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. They also... It's always... Yeah, they always do it on... Oh, they, there was one... They was doing like They were doing it once a week for like every now and then. And they'd always do it during one of my meetings. So, like, I'd be in there at the meeting and then there'd just be this massively loud glaring drill. Anyway, this is a complete tangent. Back to Harry Potter. 
Yeah, so it does. Yeah, I suppose it does feel like it has that climax. Whereas almost they build up the climax in the uh, movie. Uh, yeah, sorry, and also because um, at the end Dumbledore kind of reveals everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's for me like the order of things is kind of the turning point in the in the Harry Potter series because it's where Harry finally learns everything about himself, which I thought was like a good. Yeah. Doesn't he also use an unforgivable curse? No, he has Crucio used on him. I can't remember. There's a moment between... I remember this being... Because this, I think this for me was also one of the things where it got real dark. Was that like, either he uses Crucio on Bellatrix or Bellatrix uses Crucio on him. Mm. There's like a... Yeah, I think he might try and... After she kills Sirius, he might try and use it on her. Yeah. 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 There's like this... That, and that's when it gets really dark. Because like, it's kind of like this... I, I think reading as a kid as well, you have like these the first four books have this really strong, clear delineation between good and bad, right and wrong. And then you have this moment where this character who is good does something which you've been painted as... It's like, going back to what we were talking about last week, he like, deontology, right? Like, does something that, like... It almost has this deontological setup of, like, you know, there are things that are good, there are things that are bad. And then you have this character who's good doing something that is bad. And I remember that's quite, like, a striking moment in the in the book and it's and it's certainly one of the things that like it's um in the i just realized that your thing says zoom on the bottom yeah how have we not commented on that guy <laughs> um your his speaker's brand is zoom zoom a little shout out to you um uh what was i going to say but then there's like in the last book as well where he uses imperio and one of the goblins mm-hmm. and then it's just like see he never uses the killing curse but harry goes from being like this he becomes a morally grey character where he uses does these bad things, um, and that's where the the and it's like and it's that's when the things I suppose book four is also quite serious as well, mm. but like I think that for me was also a sign of the which is obviously a weird thing to say about a book series that deals constantly with topics of death and stuff like that, right? But like that, but I think that for me is when it went dark because it goes from this essentially this picture perfect world of good versus evil. And maybe this is where I got interested in philosophy. Um, to a good person doing something bad, you know. And it was yeah, I know I found that quite an interesting little little turn in it. So that was a complete tangent, but I just remembered that. Mm. Yeah. I think it's yeah, Harry Potter is an interesting one. Mm. Um, so we talked about Doctor Who, Harry Potter. Um, do you have any like any other TV shows, or do you want to talk about movies as well? Uh, we can talk about movies. As yeah. Well. Do you have any movies that you have strong feelings about the endings of? Um, well, speaking of finales, mm. um, the entirety of the, the Marvel movies, because it was basically like a TV show. Yeah, true. Uh, and then... Oh, you mean with Eggme? Yeah, with <laughs> Endgame or <Yeah>. Eggme. <laughs> um, as some people prefer you know, it. Infinity War was kind of your mid-season finale and then it came back next year. So the ending of... So I, I don't know if not, I love the ending of Infinity War because... Marvel movies are fun and stuff like that, but I never really enjoy... Like, they're, they're never, like, going to be the best movies because it's, like, the good guys always find a way to win. And it's kind of like... And that was... Like, on the one hand, you're sitting there crying because Spider-Man's disappeared into little into little bits of dust. But on the other hand... Uh, and as we all know, Spider-Man's the best Avenger. Um, but on the other hand, like, you don't have the good guys winning and there's just actually this moment of defeat at the end of the story. And it's kind of like... I thought that was pretty cool. Because it's like, it's finally not like going to sing of good always wins or, and they weren't taking a, and sometimes like, I think there was one with Age of Ultron where they kill off Quicksilver mm. and it's like, cool, we met him an hour and a half ago, so I'm not that emotionally <laughs> yeah. invested. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like, when they take out Spider-Man or like characters who have been there for a while, like you actually get like a little bit like, oh, that's horrible, you know? Like these are people we care about a lot. Um... So I really enjoyed that. Mm. Well, were you saying something about Endgame or Infinity War? Uh, I just thought Infinity War was good because it, as you said, subverted all those expectations. Yeah. I think most movies, even if they don't have the good guys explicitly win, it'll be a kind of stalemate. Like uh, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back, you know, uh, Luke has his hand chopped off and Han Solo's in Carbonite and stuff, but it's not really them losing. They're just kind of at a stalemate, you know? Yeah. Like... Luke doesn't join Darth Vader. They manage to run away. He gets a new hand at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's a stalemate. You can kind of see where they're going to come back from. Yeah. Whereas Infinity War, you're literally like, how... And they have to do some absolute 
nonsense in the next film to be able to resolve it anyway. Yeah. Um, they spend the first half of the film trying really hard to follow the rules of time travel and then they give up. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like, it's the, but like, I suppose this is a nice little segue into my film as a, my, my film that would be possibly my favourite film if it went for the ending. Um, that's how much I love this film and how much I dislike the ending. Um, but like any film that works with time travel is very dangerous, mm. uh, I think, because so I think, so something like, I don't have an issue with any of the time travel in Doctor Who, because it immediately sets out to be like, we have yeah. our own... Sort of, we, <laughs> yeah, like, it, doesn't follow, it doesn't follow anything. What annoys me more is when things are inconsistent. Yeah. And so like, I think, I think that's the, the one annoying feature of Endgame is they, they set out trying so hard to be consistent with these rules of time travel, and they get halfway through the film and they're like, actually, we can't be, like, we can't have this good set of rules of time travel and be fine. So they kind of just give up, and they just go with this other ending, you know? And the one that I think also is like it it works really hard to do things right. As in like I would rather a film do so this okay, so I think I should clarify this because I've made this opinion before and people will be like, oh you're just like a butthurt physicist who's annoyed that things aren't scientifically accurate. I have no problem with things being scientifically in- inaccurate, right? My thing is more if you pick a premise and then halfway through your film switch from that premise. And the film that I'm talking about now that does that is Interstellar. <laughs> I've said oh, it. <laughs> so, like, Interstellar spends so much time working up being incredibly scientifically rigorous. To be honest, it does a pretty good job of talking, walking the viewer through some of the science as well. Um, like, I feel... They had... Um scientists work on the the black hole and things like a couple that. of because we hadn't seen the we, we hadn't had the picture of the black hole that came out earlier this year or yeah last so, year, so, so no one actually visualized what a black hole looked like so those images that i've seen in but actually got up a couple of papers were published on their visualization um and there's like i don't know maybe disagree with me if I, you're wrong but i'm wrong here but they do a decent job of like trying to at least portray some of general relativity right yeah, like in time yeah, dilation the, yeah, yeah if you're close when they're on the the planet with really heavy gravity and they end up stuck there for a small period of time for yeah. them and ends up being a huge period of time back on earth and um takes 40 years or something and for context i didn't st- general relativity is not taught at uni until third year for example right like so unless the, you do philosophy of the cosmos yeah it's not taught properly until <laughs> third year. um do you want my gr oh, no, 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 I'm, i have a gr actually i have a general relativity book at home Ooh, um, oh that's not helpful i got yeah i got it in year 12 as like a, a it's girthy General relativity is crazy. Um, but, what was I going to say? Yeah, so they, they do a good job of actually like going through these very hard concepts, um, at least conceptually, and they spend all this time trying to be consistent with it all. And the ending is, he goes through the black hole, and there's a fifth dimension, and it's love, and love allows him to time travel. Mm. And like, it's like they spend so much of the film following the actual physical laws of time travel, and they're just like being like, Let's introduce this extra dimension where it allows us to go back in time, and it's just like it's just this this massive slap in the face to the consistency of the film. Up to, to like, I think if Interstellar ends with him going into the black hole and dying, you have a good film. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like at least if you're gonna be if you're gonna be inconsistent, uh, sorry, if you're gonna be consistent, stay consistent. Like, like it's more the inconsistency annoyed me that they kind of like it just flipped on its because it spent the entire because for me anyway and maybe this is something I see because I'm a, a, a scientist but it spent this entire time building this like consistent moral principle and then decided to throw it out the window. I remember we watched Interstellar together. You, me, Jane and, Jane and Rachel watched Interstellar together and every five minutes or so, Josh would turn to me and be like, fact check? And I'd be like, yeah, it's pretty good. And then we get about 20 minutes to go, he's like, fact check? And I'm just like... <laughs> You're just sitting there devastated. With <laughs> my heart. Like, honestly, it gets to the point where I should walk out of the film like with that little bit of time. If you went and saw it in cinemas, you would have you got into that point and just walked out of the cinema. <laughs> well, I did see it in cinemas when I first saw it. Oh, did you? I thought you hadn't seen it before. Before I saw it with you? Yeah. No, no. Oh, do, you, okay. do you know the, the first time? Because I saw it before I saw... So I'd actually seen it a couple of times. So I actually, I actually did... A, when I went to... Oh, no, hang on. How, I did a... A thing in high school. I, think I did a thing where I went to a university. And I did some like mini courses and stuff. And one of them was in physics. Wow. Wow. And we did some stuff in general relativity. And we actually used Interstellar to study the concepts of general right. relativity. Um... That was a good way of explaining it. Um, and then, um, but I'd actually seen that beforehand, because it was in year nine, I was on Rottnest Island or Watermark in Western Australia. 
and um, we were, they have like a little, they have this really cool cinema there. It was basically this old boat shed and they had like, you know those like beach chairs where you like, it's a wooden frame and like the cloths thing. You basically have like maybe 40 of those um, and like a, a, just a projector and they show films. It's like an actual cinema, but it's also got like a very like old school vibe. Yeah. I thought it was really, I like, I loved it, right? Um, and we're sitting there and it's, and it was also storming like that night. So we're, we're sitting there watching Interstellar, which is an, in, like the first 80% of it anyway. It's this incredible film. It's, and there's this great soundtrack the whole way through. And there's these very big sa- soundscapes and very intense scenes. And then like in the background as well, you have lightning and thunder and like very heavy rain from the real world outside. And that actually combined incredibly with the, like I find the, the music of Interstellar is almost disappointing now because it can't ever recreate that <laughs> incredible like combination that I had the first time I watched it. Like watching just, if you're going to watch Interstellar, watch it in a storm. Like I, I thought it was in a tin shed. Like I thought it was really cool. Um, but yeah, no, it annoyed me back then as well, the ending that like, cause I think I even like, I, I actually got confused by the ending when I first watched it because I was like, they spent this whole time doing that and what, they just invent this fifth dimension. And then I was chatting to my mate about it cause we were there with another family, like the family of my best mate from high school. And he was like, um, yeah, I think it's like love is the fifth dimension. And we were both like, that's so dumb. <laughs> Well, aren't you going to look stupid when they find love is the fifth dimension in a couple of years from now? Sure thing. You know what? I'll, I'll stake my claim on this, on this podcast. <laughs> this is like in my, my quantum gravity report last year, how I said in the conclusion that I think string theory is like not a good theory. And if I'm reading that, one of my supervisors would be like, I'm going to type me to personally email Australia's one string theorist and invite him to your project talk so you can fight him. But I'll also go out there and say string theory is dumb. Um, Feel free to let me know your thoughts on that, by the way. Um, uh, but yeah, basically that's why I dislike Interstellar because it's inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so another film that I saw that had an interesting ending. So I, that film, it's not like a, a finale. So I saw Marriage Story mm. recently with, um, that, so it's Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Um, both awesome in it. It's a really, so it's, it's essentially this, it's this, it's this story about, um, this fam, uh, this this couple is essentially like going through a divorce, and like it's and it kind of like goes through chunks. And there's a lot of things it does really well. For example, one of the things it does really interestingly is like um, it doesn't show you everything that happens, and it and then there's intentional intentional points where like one character finds out something else that another character does, and so so for example, we see um, we see Scarlett Johansson's character. Oh, it's, I can't remember either of the I heard the character's name is Nicole and Adam Driver's character has a really dumb name. Um, like it's 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 really it's really silly. Um, and like you can't and you're like, what this is Kylo Ren, why is his name that? <laughs> um, and like so you have the scene where she's going to a, a, a lawyer about the divorce because they weren't originally planning on doing lawyers. Um, and there's and it kind of sees this perspective of like her going to a lawyer was a very big thing and she'd only seen one. And then you later find out when you were in the scene with Adam Driver's character, that like, that was actually the ninth lawyer she'd gone to see. And she actually went to see like a bunch of different lawyers. Um, and then there's, and on the, on the flip side as well, like you see Driver have some relation with some characters and then you find out from when you're with Johansson's character that like he'd had an extramarital affair with one of them. And there's like, you see these like, these bits of the story from either perspective and then you find out like the fuller picture, but you don't really understand why from the other person's perspective. It's really, which is, anyway, this is complete tangent. It's one of the things the film does really well. It's a, like, it's in terms of, so I saw Parasite recently as well. So I think, so Marriage Story is a better, makes a stronger point, has a cooler, like has a, has a I think a more interesting message. Parasite is a better film, if that makes sense. Mm. Like Parasite, if you're looking at collectively, if just as the quality of something as a film, um, Parasite does an amazing job of combining all these techniques to tell a story. Marriage Story is a really powerful way of giving this message. And the message is essentially like divorce is messy and horrible, right? And it's like kind of like talking through um, and you have these two people who don't want to hurt each other but end up hurting each other, right? Um, and this is a really interesting way of doing it. Um, but the ending of the film is almost anticlimactic. The ending, the film, it, it has this kind of, it kind of works as an ending because it has this nice story because the start of the film is them reading these letters they wrote about each other, about the things they like each other for a counsellor, for like a marriage counsellor. And the ending of the film kind of like is a few years after the divorce and like um, Adam Driver's character goes to LA 
um, and he's actually moving to LA, which is where Scarlett Johansson now lives, because they used to live in New York and then they like split. Um, and he and he finds the letter that she wrote him at the start of the film, and what he did, her sorry, their son finds it, and is this is kind of a spoiler, I suppose, but like you know, I suppose you probably don't watch it for the. Like the ending, it's probably yeah. Like it's like thing. as in like the this is a film that like it's not a spoiler if you haven't seen the end. As in like it's it's all very well composed. Um, like you watch it for the composition, the way and the because you watch it for the representation, right? So it was like the representation of an issue and the message that it says about the issue, right? Um, but there's this thing like the, their son finds this letter and is he's learning how to read and it ties in really well for these scenes earlier in the film where he's you've got the dad teaching him how to read and then he's reading this letter aloud and he reads it with the dad. But then there's this kind of like this, and it's just kind of like the ending is just like, you know, them going out to dinner with like her new partner and like, and stuff like that. And there's just kind of like, you know, it's just kind of like, there's not a big climax to the ending, but it does like a, but that's also like an important part of the finale. It's like the, the of the, the, the a, there doesn't have to be a big climax. It doesn't have to be a winner or a loser because it's not the point of the film, right? The point is saying that like, this is all like, horrible and it kind of just like it's like it's really hard right and it plays out forever and it, and it like and it by not having a climax it does that really well so i i thought it was a very like nice way and like i think it's a really good film as in like i think um i would it's it's it's, it's getting this thing i think because it has a, it's a really interesting message and it's because it's, it's not something that's like a film that's entirely about how a divorce breaks down like it breaks down a marriage breaks down is not necessarily something you see it's frequently, I think, maybe. Mm. Um, so I think it's like it's a really interesting film because it's a message, and I'm more likely to talk about it than I would Parasite, even though I'd say that maybe Parasite was a better film, just because like it, opt- it essentially like it nailed every film technique that there is. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting like an anticlimactic finale can still be a good finale. Mm. Is was kind of the message that came out of that film, I think. Well, that's good because. This is a very anticlimactic finale. Oh, we're wrapping it up. Yeah. Oh, you're saying music. How long have we been going for? 52 minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we are. Yeah. We are kind of yeah. wrapping up. But hopefully this is still been a good finale. Yeah. Do you have any films or TV shows you want to talk about? Or? Uh, no, I've kind of talked about mine. Yeah. That's very fair. Yeah. yeah I suppose on that note, we'll leave it, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Let us know if you have any like um, film or TV finales that you have like strong thoughts about. Um, and yeah, if you've got any anything you'd like, so we'll see you in a few weeks. Yep. Um, yeah, so. big bombastic mid-season opener. We'll have a we'll have a big band playing. <laughs> you'll have a we could actually. Well, I'll talk to you about it afterwards. Oh what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and on that bombshell. On that bombshell. <laughs> so so hang on, hang on. Our cliffhanger is get keen for the opener. Yeah, that's our cliffhanger. Huge. See you in a few weeks.